0: Lord come on in the name of Jesus let's clap our hands and give him praise and glory hallelujah 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 somebody lift him up come on let's magnify him for just a few moments God we give you praise hallelujah there's nobody like you there is none besides you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise God Amen, amen 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 it is such an honor to be in the house of the Lord and to be with each and every one of you. Amen. We've been uh, just having great church. And God's been doing great things. And I'm looking forward to all that he's going to continue to do. Uh, let's make sure that we invite somebody to the house of the Lord this upcoming Sunday. And just be uh, talking to some uh, friends. I've been talking with my neighbor. And and she threatened to come to church. And so uh, just be praying. And, and God God only knows uh, what he's up to. and. And we're just grateful for it. Uh, tonight, amen, we're in for a special treat. Elder Johnson's going to come and teach the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands the Lord as Elder Johnson comes.
1: Praise the Lord, everyone good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 uh, I appreciate the spirit of that song, being a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. uh, But I'm glad to say I'm a son of God. Amen. I'm here tonight to speak to the sons of the king, the daughters of the king, the king's kids. Amen. Amen. Praise God, and I, I certainly count this an honor, and um, I don't take this lightly. Um, however, having said that, uh, I, I told Brother uh, Hood that if he'd have went about 30 minutes longer last week, he'd have had this whole lesson wrapped up. So <laughs> we're going to do uh, what we can do uh, with the, what the Lord has given us, and I think. You know, he's been speaking to us as a body of believers about prayer. And um, if you're tired of hearing it, maybe you're not praying enough. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we're going to go to James chapter 5, verse 16. Open this so you can have a seat. James 5:16. Confess your faults one to another pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent, effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You can be seated. Amen. I don't think we can overstate the need for prayer in our lives. Prayer uh, is our Christian lifeline, if you will, and you need prayer in your life every day. You need to read your word, the Bible every day. Hopefully you're still reading through the bread program. I think if you're in the bread program, we're in July. I think I think you're supposed to be in Ezekiel right now. <coughs> and so, I would encourage you if if you haven't been reading, it's not too late to pick it up and start reading. I'm in the last week of December right now we starting over uh, reading some other materials here Um, so you can do it in about six months but you've got to read twice as much every day which is what I've been doing Um, so don't forget the bread program Bible reading enriches any day amen prayer prayer is a lifeline for the Christians walk with God and without prayer we are powerless Without prayer, we are fruitless, and without prayer, we are lifeless. Did you know that prayer can do anything that God can do? Right? Anything that God can do, he can do it through prayer. Last week, uh, Brother Hood touched on the Lord's Prayer at one point, and um, it is part of our scripture setting tonight we will be looking at a certain aspect of it but as I was reading this week uh, I was in the book of John and have you ever noticed uh, John 17 that's really the Lord's Prayer I mean we call you know these other writings in Matthew and Luke the Lord's Prayer but they were really guidelines for us to pray right But if you look at uh, John chapter 17, there's 26 verses in that chapter. It's all Jesus praying for his disciples. It's the Lord's prayer. He's praying that they'll have strength when he's gone. And he's trying to to help them know that he cares about them, just as he cares about us today. And um, so I thought that was interesting. and, And as I read it, I thought, no, this is the Lord's prayer right here. This is not not those two or three verses in Matthew or Luke. This is this is uh, much more important than that. So when you get a chance, read John chapter 17. There's an old song It was probably written in the 40s. I, I probably heard it late 50s, early 60s. And yes, I've been around that long. Um, and it says, prayer is the key to heaven, and faith unlocks the door. And so... Um, we, we want to tap into the resources that God has for us. We need to have prayer in our lives, and we need to have faith coupled with that in order to open the doors that uh, God wants to work through us. Oftentimes, uh, G- during Jesus' ministry, you know, we, we see the many miracles he did, and uh, they're, they're wonderful, and uh, they're, they're miraculous. They're supernatural. Um, and, and the people marveled, and, and the, he drew great crowds because of these miracles he did. But oftentimes when he was going to touch someone, he would say, as your faith is, so be it unto you, yeah. right? And remember the story of the, the blind man who, who God touched him. Jesus touched him, and he said, well, how do you see? He says, well, I see men, they're kind of like trees, I don't know if they were like the trees we have here on the mountains or if they were big oak trees or what kind of trees they were. But he had to touch him again, right? He had to have uh, a second blessing for the Lord because possibly there was some doubt in his mind whether this man Jesus of Nazareth could really heal him. You know, we like to to look at, at others in the congregation and say, boy, I know the Lord can heal that baby in the hospital and and she's going to grow up and be fine, and that's great for her. But can he do it for me? Can he do it for me? And uh, he is a personal God, and he cares about you, and he cares about the things that bother you and the things you're dealing with. So as I was studying this lesson, I began to think of, of notable prayers in the Bible. And there's and there's several. You, probably some of you could... could uh, Blurt some of them out here. You know, there's there's certainly uh, one of the great prayers that uh, Solomon prayed at the dedication of the temple, and uh, God's spirit came into the temple, and and they couldn't even minister in the temple because God's spirit was so thick. And that was a great prayer that Solomon prayed. But my favorite prayer is uh, Elijah when he's praying on Mount Carmel, and he's trying to he's trying to convince. Uh, The Jewish nation that they're serving they should be serving Jehovah God and not Baal Right and remember that and and there there hadn't been rain for three years because Elijah prayed and the heavens were shut up and there was no rain on the earth and then Elijah challenges um, This the prophets of Baal who were minions of Jezebel as you'll recall and um, they met up on the mountain, and they, they made an agreement. You call to your God, and the God, and I'll call to Jehovah God. And the God that answers by fire, he will be God. And uh, I like it when God answers by fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he did it several times in the Bible, not just this time that I'm talking about now. But I like this prayer that Elijah prayed. And uh, when the fire came down from heaven... It was like a nuclear bomb went off, right? It consumed the sacrifice. They dumped twelve barrels of water on the sacrifice. Where did they get the water in the three-year drought? Well, they were right by the sea. Mount Carmel's right by the sea, probably salt water. And so, uh, it consumed the sacrifice, consumed the wood, consumed the stones, licked up the water, and the Bible says he even licked up the dust. Can you imagine being standing there and seeing that occur in front of you? And uh, so that that to me is a very dynamic prayer with uh, some very physical, visible results. Right. Immediately. And um, God doesn't always answer like that. Sometimes he's in the still small voice as you pray and you've got to listen for his voice. And sometimes you have to wait on him. Wait on him. If we uh, wait on him, if we're patient, we will get an answer from God. We will get an answer from God. Um, When my wife and I began to discuss whether or not we wanted to relocate from Napa, California, where we'd lived the last 30 years, and, um, you know, that had been our home. We were comfortable there. And uh, we began to pray about it. And um, that was, uh, I think, uh, February, March, somewhere, something like that. And I went to our pastor and began to talk to our pastor about it, explain to him what we were doing, because your pastor needs to be involved in major life decisions. He doesn't need to know whether you want to buy a Ford or a Chevy, but but major life decisions, your pastor needs to be involved in it, right? (laughs) So I began to talk to our pastor, and explained to him and and asked him to pray with us. And I said, if the Lord tells you whatever he tells you, we're going to do that. And uh, so we prayed for about six months. And um, finally, I felt like, you know, I went to the pastor. I said, uh, Brother Bledsoe, what what has the Lord told you? He says, uh, he's told me nothing. He said, if if you feel like you need to go, then you, you go ahead. I said, "Well, let's do it this way, Lord, our pastor. Um, I'll put the house that we're living in uh, up for sale, and if it sells within one month—one month in the real estate market—then, um, then we'll know that that was it. And if it doesn't sell, then we know we're staying." He said, "That sounds good." Well, the first weekend we it opened up, it sold, and here we are. God. <laughs> but it took. Uh, <laughs> it took six months of prayer and trusting the Lord that he would work out every situation and he worked out every situation every every hurdle that we thought okay this this isn't gonna work Amen. every time we came to a hurdle like that the door opened Amen. and um, we found ourselves in the middle of the Pacific on a ship trying to buy a house You ever tried to do that and um, it was it was uh, kinda stressful at times <laughs> We were on this cruise that we we had looked forward to going on, and suddenly we're in the middle of buying a house, and it was very stressful. But the Lord helped us through that. And um, in our lesson today, one of the uh, points that are brought out is Brother T.W. Barnes. He was a uh, very strong minister of the gospel in the 50s and 60s, up in maybe even to the 70s. At one point, he uh, had a vision, and he saw in this vision a large crowd of people. They're crying. They're weeping. And um, he he doesn't understand what the vision is about. And so he asked the Lord. He said, Lord, what, what is this vision that, that you've given me? And the answer was, pray for the Jews. And so he began to pray for the Jews. And um, he Actually, you would say that he interceded for the Jews as he began to pray for them because they they weren't knowing what to pray about. And um, so this was in 1960s, just before what we call now the Seven-Day War when Israel took on the surrounding nations and beat them in seven days, which was uh, God. If you go back and look at the history of how that all developed, Um, It was a miracle that Israel was able to defeat Egypt, Syria, and the different countries that had amassed against them. It it was interesting to me, one of the facts was the Egyptians had this great air force, and before they could get a plane off the ground, Israel had decimated them. (laughs) The planes were still sitting on the ground. Ninety percent of their air force was wiped out on the ground. Because God had his, his hand on the nation of Israel. And um, and and he has shown that through the word of God time and time again. So Brother Barnes, uh, you know, he prayed for the Jews. And then, of course, the seven-day war comes along. And he's he goes to visit Israel. And he's suddenly he's walking towards the whaling wall, which is a retaining wall that used to support the plaza that the temple used to be erected on and he sees the crowd of people and the Lord tells him this is what you were praying about and so you know it shows that if you'll be willing to let the Lord use you in prayer things can happen things can change we find in our lives today we, you know we are we can be so distracted and find excuses and they, they are excuses why we can't pray. We're just so busy. We're just so busy. You know, there's, there's uh, social media. I don't know how many of you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, all those other things are. I don't, I don't even know much about any of them. Um, everyday issues, just life in general that you're dealing with. You know, maybe stress on the job that you're going through. Maybe it's COVID-19. Who who would imagine six months ago? Well, yeah, it's been six months almost, hasn't it? That we'd still be dealing with COVID-19. But there's all kinds of distractions that would make it easy for us to not take time to pray. And it's really important that as Christians, if we're going to have a relationship with God, we've got to have prayer in our lives. It's got to be active prayer. And you need to make time in every day to talk to Jesus Christ. Amen. If you don't have prayer, you will not have power. You will not not be a soul winner without prayer. You will not be able to fulfill the role that God has called you to be, and that is a testimony. He's called you to be a testimony. What's a testimony? Tell what God has done in your life. That's all it is. It's pretty simple. You know, this is the way I was, and this is the way I am now because God made a difference in my life, Amen. and that's what he wants from us. <coughs> so prayer <coughs> is, involves cr- communication between humanity, God's creation, and God, which is deity. And it is, isn't it wonderful that he loves us and that he even cares, yeah. Right? even cares the Bible says that he knows when a sparrow falls he knows when a sparrow falls and uh, we don't we don't give much credence to sparrows you know they they're just a kind of a junk bird that, that hangs around the yard and leaves a mess sometimes um, but God cares about the very little things and he cares about the little things that are going on in your life as well you may not may not think they're significant but he still cares So God has invited us as his creation to be able to call on his name whenever we need help through a situation. We need him to um, direct our path, to give us direction. The Bible tells us he will guide you with his eye. How are you going to know that? Only if you're looking at his face, right? Only if you're looking at him can you tell which direction you want to go? You ever seen those sheep dogs that uh, they they at the fair where they they herd sheep around barriers? It's a competition, yeah. and a lot of times it's just the shepherd is standing in one spot in the in the arena, and he's guiding that dog with just just by looking with his with his head, right? And uh, sometimes there's whistles, sometimes there's hand motions, but but that's how. God is to us you know if if we'll pay attention he will lead us he'll guide us into all truth all truth amen you have a hunger for truth Amen. amen so here is God the almighty God wrapped in flesh his name is Jesus born in Bethlehem and um he is all man he is all God and uh Bible says that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him. So we're thankful we get to know who Jesus is, right? Uh, and it was so important in his life that he prayed. And we're going to look at some situations here in our lesson how th- he prayed. And, and we find one of the first ones in Luke chapter 3. Verse 21. And here is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He's now a 30 year old man. You know, there's a not much said between the time he was a young boy in the temple, confounding the scholars of the day, until the time he begins his ministry. And here he is uh, in Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Now, when all the people were were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. So we find here an early example that Jesus prayed. He prayed as the man prayed into the spirit. He proclaimed this dove, proclaimed his identity as a son of God, and his prayer strengthened him and gave him favor with God and mankind. And uh, he left that situation and went out to a desert for 40 days and was tempted of the devil, the Bible says, at the end of that 40 days, and was able to defeat the devil with the word of God, the same scriptures that we have Jesus used. And uh, so we have the same uh, ability and power um, through the word of God to defeat Satan. So here we have the perfect man, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, who felt a need to pray. And if he was a perfect man and without fault and prayed, how much more should we as imperfect people find our need to pray? Amen. Sometimes Jesus would withdraw from the crowd, the multitudes, and even from his disciples for a season of prayer, the Bible says. And uh, so there must be times in our life when we have private prayer times. We love it when we come together on a Sunday or Wednesday night and and we pray, and we f- get strength from one another. And and when there's two or three are gathered in the, uh, together, He's in the midst of them. That when we're gathered in His name, and anything's possible in any of those services, anything's possible. Anything that God can do, He can do here. He can do here. <coughs> we see uh, seen films of uh, great. Revivals in Ethiopia and the Philippines and mer- great miracles where people who live in um, uh, lower class states of poverty uh, see miracles happen in their life. Uh, we don't see it happen here so much uh, because of uh, a lot of reasons. One is a lack of faith. One is because most of us have medical insurance. <laughs> right? But God can do anything. Yeah. There's nothing too hard for Him, yeah. and <laughs> and so the things that He can do here, um, we love those kinds of services where God's Spirit just moves. And and I've been in services where it looks like a wave goes from one side of the building to the other, and uh, in large conferences, perhaps um, you you might recognize that as a God's Spirit moves over a twenty thousand person congregation and there's worship going up Um, but that does not take the place of your personal prayer time does not take the place it's a great feeling it's a great experience to be able to see it to feel it to feel the energy but there has to be intimate conversation with the almighty God we need to realize that God knows us better than we know ourselves he also knows our struggles. He knows the things that we struggle with. He knows our nature. And, um, but he loves us anyway. <laughs> Even when we fail, he loves us. And um, I'm so thankful for the love of God. For without the love of God, where would we be? Amen. Amen. So we need to be faithful and consistent in our prayer life and have intimate times of prayer. Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Brother Brad. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. This is Jesus. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And then jump over to Luke chapter 6, verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer, all night in prayer. And uh, there have been times when our pastor is called, I don't know that it's happened here, but it's happened in Napa where we came from, all night prayer meeting on a Friday, Saturday night kind of situation. And um, it's interesting how many people show up for one of those. <laughs> Amen show up for the barbecue, <laughs> horseshoes. There's all kinds of prayers. There are different manner of prayers. You know that the um, our sessions of Congress are still opened with prayer. And some presidents of the United States have uh, attended prayer breakfasts. And there have been times when they have called Men they consider to be in touch with God, to come to the White House and pray for them. And um, there is also a National Day of Prayer. Did you know that? There's a National Day of Prayer in the United States. Does anybody know what day it is? I heard May. You're close. It's May. It's the first Thursday in May. So it was May 7th this year. I had to look that up myself. Um national day of prayer. That we have one here in the United States. Canada has one and possibly other countries as well. Um, there are also kinds of prayers that are are very urgent. You ever heard of a foxhole prayer? Foxhole prayer? Well, military guys might relate to that a little bit, you know, digging a foxhole for survival. And, uh, the bullets are whizzing overhead, and you pray, God, if you just get me out of this situation, I'll serve you, <laughs> right? A foxhole prayer. And sometimes we may not be in a, um, a physical battle, in a war, but we've made such a mess of our lives, we're like, God, if you'll just get me out of this situation, I'll never do this again. And uh, sometimes we have to learn the hard way before uh, he'll step in and help us, Right? So we find that there was his disciples walking with him. And Brother uh, Hood talked about parts of this. And we're not going to go real deep into this section here because uh, it's been covered very well last week. Um, But his disciples said, teach us to pray. And uh, this is in Luke chapter 11. As John taught his disciples. So, you know, I don't know what they'd been doing up to this point, but. They now had a desire to pray because John's disciples had prayed. And, um, and this is where we find the writing in Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, talking about the Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And if we were to take this Lord's Prayer and break it down into different segments, we would recognize that this was just a, simply a guide for us to help us to pray to know how to pray. So at the, the first thing we need to realize is there needs to be a salutation to the one that we're praying and by his name. And his name is Jesus. And uh, we can only give him proper honor when we know who we're praying to, yeah. right? And then secondly, we must be willing to obey God. His interest must be the most important thing to us as we pray. What would you have for me to do, God? Thirdly, we must be specific when we pray and what we pray for so that we can prepare ourselves to receive an answer from God. Fourth, a prayer life helps us to live in peace with our neighbors and fellow Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And five, communing with God in prayer draws us to the Lord so that we can better serve him, serve him. And lastly, proper prayer results in God giving us instruction and power to live free from sin. We all want to be free from sin, don't we? We don't want the chains of sin to wrap us up to where we feel like we're a prisoner. And uh, that's a that's a helpless feeling. One time, Sister Johnson was teaching a, uh, I forget what age, you know, probably third or fourth grade boys and girls, and um, the lesson that week was about the um, demoniac that had been out in the tombs. And and so I brought some chains from the jail and some handcuffs, and we chained up one of the little boys, who's now a man, um, put some handcuffs on him, and I didn't expect this, but he started crying. <laughs> <laughs> but we were trying to demonstrate, you know, what the chains would have been like on this demoniac who's living in the tombs who would break the chains. And um, uh, it was an interesting uh, result It's not exactly what we were hoping to uh, accomplish there. <laughs> and then, of course, last week, Hood touched on this as well, and that's the prayer of the Pharisee and the publican. And he, he brought out very well in Luke chapter 18, as the Pharisee begins to pray and begins to pray to himself, not to God. He doesn't come to God with uh, a humble uh, attitude. He begins to kind of beat his chest a little bit and say, Hey, God, look at me. I fast twice a week. I give tithe and offering. I do this. I do that. You are so lucky (laughs) that I am who I am. That's not the attitude that God's looking for. (laughs) Amen. Conversely, it's the, the publican, the man who did not feel like he deserved to be in the presence of God in fact, the Bible says he wouldn't even lift up his head. He just felt like, I'm so unworthy. But it was his prayer that God heard, right? Because of his attitude and the way he presented uh, himself and recognized that he was in the presence of a holy God and that he wasn't holy. The publicans were considered outcasts during this time. They were... They were. Uh, they were the IRS, <laughs> the IRS of the, of the Jews that worked for the Roman government. And uh, quite often, as we found out in the story of Zacchaeus, how that uh, he says, well, if I've taken more than I, I should have, I'll, I'll, I'll give it back tenfold, right? So it sounds like to me he was doing a little skimming off the top somewhere, and that probably was customary uh, for these individuals, these publicans, and maybe that's why they were hated so much by, by the Jews because of their servitude to the Roman government. So this publican, because of his humility and his repentance, God was more interested in what he had to say than what the Pharisee, who was over there pounding on his chest and saying, I'm just glad I'm not like him, right? We need to be careful sometimes. We do this as human beings. We justify our actions by comparing ourselves to somebody else, right? I call this justification by comparison. Well, I don't do that. Well, I would never go there, but I'm still doing things I know I shouldn't be doing. We need to be careful we don't try to justify what God says is sin, what God says will separate us from him, and be willing to submit to the will of God for our lives and what he wants for us and what he wants to do through us Amen. What he wants to do through us. He Amen. wants this church to be a great church. Amen. Amen. Amen Amen. He brought us a young man that has a lot of zeal a lot of fire great knowledge Amen. and uh, And I'm, I'm happy he's here. He showed up the same weekend. I did and here we are and um but when I pray for him every day, the next thing I pray for is, God, where's the building you want us to have? Okay? <laughs> you, you don't know what God's doing behind the scenes. You don't know. You don't know what church is getting ready to fold up in town and, and call it quits and leave a building that we can pick up for a fraction of the f- what it's worth. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Amen. And he can do he did it in Elsa Branny, he can do it here. Amen. He can do it here. Amen. Amen. So put that on your prayer list. If you're having having things you I don't know what to pray about, pray for brotherhood. Pray for sisterhood. Pray that brotherhood will treat sisterhood right. <laughs> I said in jest. And then pray that God will give us a building that um, not that we deserve but something we can grow into. We can make it our own. That it's it's a, a place of, of worship that we can have freedom to worship Amen. any way that we want to, Amen. and um, and then we're not tripping over each other trying to do that. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to have to have traffic cops in the aisles. So some there's some that feel like they they can b- be heard because of long prayers or eloquent speech or they're much speaking, the Bible says. That doesn't get the attention of God. It's more the attitude of prayer. It's more the attitude of prayer. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Brother Brad. If my people, which are called by my name, A-R-C, the people of Jesus Christ, shall humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. And uh, this was a promise to Israel, but it's true nonetheless to us. If we will live lives that lift up Jesus Christ and if we'll be the testimony he's called us to be, uh, he will do great things among us. He will bring in the people that, that we're witnessing to and he will he will do things so marvelous, you'll just be shaking your head like, wow, Amen. wow, that is so cool. Amen. is cool still a word? I, I, I think, I don't know, until I was born in the 50s. 1 John three twenty two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments... We're obedient children, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So God wants to do things for us when we're obedient. I don't want him him to put me in timeout, right? There was no timeout in the 50s. My mom had a belt out came much later when my grandkids came along I think I don't think my kids ever got time out either <coughs> I don't want to I don't want to displease the Lord I want to live my life in such a way that he is pleased with the way that I live the decisions I make and um, the way that I represent him in the world that I live in in my sphere of influence you know that's some of you have a sphere of influence that I will I will never reach I'll never see th- any of those folks but then again I am running into people that you probably won't see but when our spheres of influence begin to overlap we're going to see the harvest of souls that he has for us and we can do that through <laughs> prayer 1 <laughs> John 5:14 and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, everybody say anything. anything, anything, That's there's no limits to that, is there, anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And Brother Hood talked about this last week, uh, you know, asking amiss where James talks about that, that, that we might consume Uh, Consume it on our own lusts because of our own personal agendas. um, But when we ask according to his will, his will, what is his will for us? What is his will for you? So there there needs to be an expectancy in prayer. If there is to be an answer to prayer, there must be an expectancy in the person who is praying. First Thessalonians don't turn there, but says First Thessalonians 5:17, pray without ceasing. Now that doesn't mean that we are in, uh, you know, on our knees 24 hours a day uh, in submission. But the one interpretation I heard it was like having a persistent cough, having a persistent cough. You ever had one of those where you, you know, you, you're sucking on halls all day long and still you're. <coughs> <coughs> well, that's what this kind of prayer is all day long it's like thank you Jesus Amen. you are so good Lord look at that That's, that is so good Lord thank you and things like that throughout the day and when you lay your hand uh, your, your hand your head on your hand mm-hmm. on your pillow at night and you say thank you Jesus for this day for what you've done or you, you've protected me and you've taken care of me at persistent cough of prayer James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. But let him ask, him being the person praying, ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? And so it is. When we're not sure what we want the Lord to do and we don't know how he can work it out and I'm not even sure he even hears me, guess what? You're probably not going to get an answer to your prayer, right? You ha- you need to be more like uh, Jacob. Here's Jacob on his way back to where he grew up, back to his homeland, and he... He knows that his brothers coming with the band of men, and his brothers ready to kill him. Stole his birthright, right? Deception. But we find that here's Jacob wrestling with an angel. Man, he's he's got a grip. I, I just can't imagine that, honestly. Uh, that that kind of grip that he wrestled with an angel all night long, and the angel finally says, "Let me go." The sun's rising. Let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. Well, he blessed him, right? He changed his name to Israel from Jacob. Israel meaning he's a prince with God. But the rest of his life, he walked with a limp because of the angel touching his thigh, right? We need to have some kind of persistence in prayer at times where we're like, God, I've got to have this. I've got to have an answer. And uh, you never know where that answer is going to come from. I know there. Some years ago, um, my wife and I had been praying for our our sons, and uh, today is my oldest son's birthday, July eighth. He's forty-six years old. I got a kid almost fifty years old. Can you imagine that? Yeah, and I'm just a little older than that. And we were praying about our boys, and. uh, you know, we were we were concerned. And so um, we were at camp meeting in, uh, I think we were in uh, Santa Maria that year, and we were up at the front at the end of the service praying, and somebody we did not know, still to this day, we don't know who it was, came up and prayed with us and told us at the end of that service that the Lord was going to save our boys. We didn't know who they were, but we got an answer to prayer. And... Um, God does that sometimes. He can use things and people and situations that you're not expecting. But when you're, you've been fervent in your prayer and you are expecting something from him, then he is always faithful to answer. Now, my wife threatened me not to go long, and you can all say, Thank you, Sister Johnson. So I will hasten, hasten to the early church, the book of Acts, chapter 4, the early church, book of Acts. We're still living in the book of Acts. Did you know that? Yeah. The things that happened in the early church, the first century, that are recorded in, a, in the word of God, the New Testament, God's still doing those things today. He's still pouring out the Holy Ghost, just like he did in the book of Acts, chapter 2, He's still saving people. He's still changing lives, and he is still able. We find that the early church, you know, they were still preaching Jesus of Nazareth, and uh, the local Jewish community wasn't too happy about that because they'd killed him, and they didn't want to believe that he had resurrected from the dead And so they began to persecute the disciples and the followers of Christ. And here we find them in Acts chapter 4. They've been um, thrown in jail overnight. Now, this wasn't a nice, comfortable jail like the one I worked in for 25 years. This is an old-school jail, okay? This is probably dirt floors, dungeons, you know, stocks, bonds, all that stuff. Gruel. They didn't have uh, inmate right books back in those days. And they were thrown in jail overnight, and then the next day they were brought before the leaders, and uh, they were questioned and threatened and um uh, and told, Don't you preach in that name any anymore. Don't you do that. This is Peter, this is this is several of the disciples. And so they go back to the rest of the saints that were gathered, and uh what they do? They begin to pray. What did they pray for? They prayed for boldness to be witnesses, right? Not to, Lord, hide us from these people that are after us, because ultimately many of those disciples, all but John, gave their lives for this gospel. Um, but he ga- they asked for boldness to be witnesses. And what happened? In Acts chapter 4, we find that the place was shaken, confirming what God wanted to do. And, uh, man, what a prayer meeting that must have been, right? To feel that building just shake from the power of God. Amen. And then we find that Jesus also prayed in Gethsemane. His flesh would, would say, if there's another way for us to pay the price, to, to bring about the result that you want from me, is there another way? And he prayed, the Bible says, till he sweated as great drops of blood were dripping from his, his uh, system as he prayed, uh, because he knew what he was about to undergo. But finally his prayer was, but nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And once he had prayed that prayer, he had the ability to go through what he was about had to go through for us to have salvation and that was endure the cross become the perfect lamb slain for the foundation of the world that we might have life through his death and aren't you thankful for that amen yeah. <laughs> uh, let's read Acts 4 31, 33 I think we just spoke about this but When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all because they were fulfilling what the Lord had asked them to do. And then uh, also in Acts chapter 5, verse 20, we find that uh, the disciples (laughs) <laughs> Some of the followers were released from jail by an angel, and he didn't tell them, run, flee. He said, no, go to the temple. Go to the temple and go preach. He wanted, he wanted to get glory for their lives, right? And so we, we don't have anything to have the tuck out of head about today. This gospel, this powerful gospel that we, we hold in our hands and in our lives, it is life-changing. It's world-changing. And uh, some of you could tell of things that have happened in your life, that how that God brought you out of situations and and uh, how it was really a miracle when you look back at it, how th- he called you. And that only happens when there is a desire in somebody's heart to know him and, and to dedicate their lives to him. And there were some old people, Old Testament examples um, I was thinking of when we were talking about prayer. You know, there was the, the story uh, that Daniel writes about, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children. Here they are in captivity, and Nebuchadnezzar raises a great statue in the plain and says, everybody bow down when you hear the instruments, one of which was a sack, but I'm not sure what that was. I think it might have been like a pipe uh, pipe pipe organ and um, worship when you hear the music, and they refused. They didn't have time to have a prayer meeting. They didn't have time to call the church and say, hey, everybody pray, we've got Nebuchadnezzar here a little upset. But they already had a commitment with God. They already had a relationship with God, and what was their response? Their response was, our God is able to deliver us from the fire, And uh, ultimately, of course, we know how that God did and that the fourth man in the fire appeared to be the son of God. So if you want to have a successful walk with God, if you want to have a life where you can be the testimony he wants you to be, you need to have a successful prayer life. You need to make time in your day. Whether it's, for me, that's the first thing in the morning. It may be a different time for you. um, But you need to have time in prayer to where you are fellowshipping. You're not just begging God to to do certain things, but you're having fellowship with him. I am a friend of God, right? We were just singing about that. We can have fellowship with him and uh, talk to him about what we're going to be doing that day and, and needing his help and strength to accomplish his will in our lives and to be the testimony he wants us to be i want to be used by god and i know that i can only do that successfully if i will submit myself to his plan in my life and i do that by listening to his voice when i talk to him in prayer don't you want that in your life amen lord bless you thank you for this opportunity
0: Amen. Praise God. Let's stand all across this building and let's lift up our hands and let's love him. Let's thank him for this word. Well, let's thank him for the opportunity that we have amen to step into his presence and pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our voice and let's magnify him. I think sometimes we take that for granted. Hallelujah. The freedom we have in his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Praise God Praise God Amen We're going to have a time of prayer here For just a moment Thank you Elder Johnson for teaching And, and uh, you know it's one of those things Where I really feel As, as the pastor all of, all of the teaching And all of the preaching um, That we've received And we will continue to receive I really feel like God's got us in a season um, To really just dig in deep in prayer and uh, so many so many good things we could talk about so many good things that were said you know that pray without ceasing a persistent cough what a great thing to talk about in this uh, you know in this covid season I've got a persistent cough it's called prayer um, you know but I think it's such a great way and something I've even been thinking about a great way to end that Bible study three Hebrew boys and and I love what he said. They, and this is my teaching all about prayer. Some people really want to know, Elder, what is the point when we talk about prayer so much? What's the point? And it's those three Hebrew boys because there might come a day when you don't have time to pray. And it's it's much like I said to the Fallon Church last night. I said a lot of people want to treat God like an ATM machine, and uh, but they want to overdraft their account. <laughs> you know and there's some people live their lives that way financially they just want to swipe 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 uh, but but what an ATM machine really is and 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 your debit card is you can only get you can only get out what you've put in Amen. and there's gonna be seasons and I'm sure we could pass this micro there's seasons in life where you're just busy and life is happening and it's not that you're trying to be an evil individual that you're going to have to reach back. And I know I've had to do it. There's been times I've been sicker than a dog, I have to preach four services and, and all that stuff, and I've had to reach back and into those moments of prayer. And uh, something I've been thinking about, and I might preach on it here in a minute, but we'll just keep overlapping until we all, we always gather something and get something out of it. And uh, it's, it's that, that thing that um, I was talking, uh, Sister Olivia had a question the other day, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the difference between a reaction and a response. And you know when there's an emergency when there's an emergency and some people and my wife was talking about it some people when there's when there's an emergency the first reaction is to freak out right it's just oh my goodness there's a fire and this is why they really have fire exits and they tell you don't block the exit And I think in my mind like if I'm standing in the exit I'm gonna get out the exit but what they know is that most people they their first instinct is to react Oh my goodness, there's fire, and it and it, it gets them emotional and they can't think it over and they can't they can't seem to figure it out. So they wanna they wanna react and they and it and it ends up causing them delay, and that delay ends up killing more people than it should. Well then there's people that 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 every time you get on a flight, the flight attendants come up and they get over the intercom, and most of us throw in our earbuds and we don't want to listen, we don't want to think, and they start telling you, well, there's Six exits on this plane. There's two in the front, two in the middle, and two in the back. And uh, though we don't anticipate it, and you want to know how I can say this, I've evangelized for many years. I've been on a, too many planes. Uh, and though we don't expect it to happen at any moment, we could lose cabin pressure. And if we were to lose cabin pressure, uh, don't worry. There will be some airbags that deploy, and they fall from the top. But make sure that you take those and you secure it on your own head. And trust me, I got this memorized. Take it and secure it on your own mask, your own mask first, before helping somebody else. And although you may not see the bag inflate, there's still a flow of oxygen. And 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 in the front seat, right in front of you, there is uh, there is an exit plan. There's an escape plan. There's all the things you need. Uh, feel free to take a moment to peruse through that and browse. And most people are on their phones. And uh, you know, there. But I'll be honest with you. I I've read that thing because I flew a lot, and I didn't want to be a reactionary person. And when life hits you, you don't want to be a reactionary person. That you just move with every wind of life and tossed about by every wave of the sea of life you want to be a responder you want to be somebody who is a first responder amen you just you've been praying you've been seeking god you've been in your prayer time and in your prayer life and you've already got a hold you know his voice praise god you know there's no caller id in heaven you got to know his voice You've got to spend enough time in his presence that when he comes calling, I, I personally, this is my personal opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep going. We're going to pray here in a moment. It's my personal opinion that when Jesus comes back, some people that trump of God, they, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people aren't going to hear a whole lot. That's my personal opinion. They're not going to hear it because they, they've not attuned their ear to hear his voice or his sound. But there's going to be those sheep that know his voice. And we've been talking with him, we've been praying with him, we've been spending time. And when he comes, the Bible says we're going to meet him in the air. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray.